All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Universe Sports Talk here with Caleb Turner and a new guest, Norma Gonzalez. Yep. Uh, Jackson is actually in class right now, and we invited Norma on because it is your last week covering the BYU Cougars. Yeah, literally just last couple of days. It's insane. Crazy. And you've been covering the team since what year? September 2019. September of 2019. Okay, so a little so bit more than two years. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we wanted to have her on to you know, get some of the experience that she's had covering the team. Um, not from Utah. I know we'll mm -hmm. have you go into a little bit more of your background, where you're from and stuff, and how you ended up here. Um, so yeah, maybe to start out, um, where, where are you from? And uh, how did you get into journalism, I guess, to begin with? Yeah, so I am actually from South Texas, from the Rio Grande Valley, and specifically McAllen, Texas. Shout out South Texas. Um, so if you guys are familiar with where Caleb's from, San Antonio, yeah, you literally just go all the way south from there and when you hit the border that's where I'm from um, so I'm first-generation American from two immigrant parents from Mexico Spanish is my native language and I s started journalism in sort of a weird way because of that my dad had this like editorial magazine where he'd cover politics in mm. Reynosa and turn of you know the millennia or whatever he was just like I want to be one of the first to offer bilingual like publications That's cool. so he paid me $20 to translate his articles from Spanish to English and then he'd take me with him to political rallies in Reynosa with El Pri, El Pan and like all that stuff Dang. and just hanging out with grubby old men <laughs> <laughs> at night drinking too much and smoking too much and just like what a great introduction to journalism <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember in middle school I really really wanted to join yearbook because I also mm. really loved photography and my dad bought me my first little like that little film point-and-shoot cameras Classic, when yeah. I was like in third or fourth grade um, but in middle school at least my middle school you could only take like one elective and I was an orchestra my oh. mom legit <laughs> I had signed up for yearbook because I was like I just love documenting things yeah she went back to the school and changed my schedule behind my back <laughs> and put me back in orchestra oh. I was like okay, oh, man. okay I'll wait another year so then in high school I Freshman year, I just did orchestra just to get that fine arts credit, but I did journalism, and then I did yearbook for three years. And then college, um, I did want to join the paper right away, but I wasn't able to just because mm. life gets in the way. Yeah. But I did eventually join um, my first junior year of college and ended up graduating <laughs> <laughs> after seven years well, on and off. Not uncommon at BYU. Yeah, so, so <laughs> it just life happened, yeah. and go, it's too much to go into. But, yeah, so I eventually did end up, like, three and a half or almost four years of college newspaper cool and then yeah just started working well that's a lie i <laughs> took a year as a high school college advisor because oh, i no wasn't way. getting a, like a job and my yeah. mom was just like i need more money than what you're making at olive garden <laughs> um and so i basically had to put my journalism dreams on hold once more and like just get a job to like help mm. my family but it was super gratifying gratifying like helping these high school kids yeah um working in a low-income high school like my own and it was just like a high school that was a, a couple towns over from my hometown so i was still living at home right i was still just like the same thing and then when i was finally like 26 years old that's when i first moved away from home and moved to nogales arizona where i took awesome. my first professional journalism job there you go cool and tell me again what uh, college you went to university of texas pan american which okay. no longer exists oh is it did they change the name or is it just like gone no so a lot of people think it's just like a name change yeah but the like they wanted to add a medical school and the uh, only way that they could get money from the UT Board of Regents was to abolish that school and okay. create a new one. Interesting. Like the Regents only had this, there was like this bylaw that said we yeah. will only provide the money if it's a new institution. Wow. So they abolished UTPA and UT Brownsville. Okay. And created 
UTRGV. Ah, uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. is in conference with UVU. Oh, perfect. Okay, Luck. that makes sense. So, in addition to also being from South Texas, from, from, from San Antonio, um, I worked uh, at a university in San Antonio called St. Mary's, mm -hmm. um, and we had a lot of interaction with schools down from in the valley as well. Um, Texas A&M International, I want to say. That's um, Laredo. Yeah. yeah, and some other schools like that. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm repping the Spurs today in honor of South Texas. <laughs> I should have uh, planned better, but most of my stuff is already yeah. packed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, um, and if I'm not mistaken, so you, you kind of started out in education and now you're going back into education. Is that correct? Yes. So, I mean, it's weird because I've always worked with high school kids. Like even in high school, I volunteered a lot with my church. Okay. I did a lot of like conferences every summer um, from when I graduated high school to like, I don't know, three years into college. I did the South Texas Youth Leadership Conference. Drug-Free Youth Leadership Conference. Okay. Something like that. And it, I worked with middle schoolers and high schools. I was a CCD teacher when I was gotcha. in college. So I've always worked with kids, and I've always covered kids. Like, I did a lot of preps and mm -hmm. just local community sports. Um, and now I will be going into um, a communications role, but at a school district. Cool. Yeah. So awesome. It should be fun. So it's like combining best of both worlds almost. Yeah. You know, having communications and education. That's cool. Yeah. Very, very fun. Uh, so you ended up in Arizona, which is where you're going back to. Not the same mm -hmm. place, but near, right? Yeah. Um, and then I'm so curious, you know, not being from Utah, not being affiliated with the LDS Church at all, how did you end up in Utah covering the BYU Cougars? Um, so I was just in Tucson at the time working for the Arizona Daily Star, where I was um, sort of the, I don't even know, the general sports reporter in a <laughs> okay. sense, but like yeah. I still had big beats. I still covered yeah. Arizona softball, which gotcha. is a top program in the country. Yeah. I covered Pima Community College Athletics and got to cover their last football season before they had to close okay. down the program. And then did preps and the tour to Tucson and the Tucson Rodeo, which is one of the top mm, 25 rodeos yep. in the country mm -hmm. and just like everything. <laughs> Fun stuff. <laughs> um, and then just this opportunity came up for me to do a fellowship with the Associated Press Sports Editors okay. Organization. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, no, actually. But um, so it was cool. like a year long fellowship. Okay. And then after that, my mentor, Larry Graham, he I, I want to say it was him who kind of texted me about this job opening here. Mm -hmm. and was like, hey, you should apply. I think you'd be great. And I was like, okay. And he's like, and I know Joe, my editor at the time, because he has since yeah. left the Tribune. He's like, so like, I could put in a good word for you, or like be a great reference. And I was like, okay. So I applied, not expecting anything. Right. And it came to be. And I was like, okay. Was at, like, like at the moment, it was just like the next step, like the yeah, bigger beat, bigger market, bigger, market, right, bigger, right. bigger everything. And that's what I had just been doing my whole career, just right. like kept moving up. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Cool. And what did you know about BYU and Utah before? Not much. Getting, I had never <laughs> never been to Utah before. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I knew about BYU is that, you know, those like national fan contests that's yeah. always happening? Yeah. Uh, UTPA and BYU would always be like going oh, wow. against each okay. other. That's kind of cool. And that was the only thing. I was like, why? Like, I don't understand. Like, how do they have so many people voting? And now yeah. it makes all the sense. <laughs> now I totally understand why we'd always lose to BYU. <laughs> And then well, when my, my twin went to TCU, okay. and when she was there, they were oh, um, yeah, that's playing they BYU played, a lot. That's right. yeah. okay. So, because they were in the, in the mountain, uh, mountain west. west. Yeah, mountain west, right. I think the year she graduated was the year that they moved to the Big 12. Okay. Or to in, Independence, or? The t that TCU moved oh, to the TCU Big 12. Oh, TCU did. I was thinking BYU. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I got my blue goggles on still. I'm thinking yeah. all BYU. Uh, cool. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so as you kind of alluded to, the fans at BYU, obviously there's a lot of them. They're kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. What what are what was kind of like your first experience with like, 
okay, like BYU is unique. Like these fans are like definitely a unique breed. Like what, what was kind of like your welcome to BYU moment, I guess? I don't know if there's like one big one. From the moment before I even like took this job, yeah. I was warned BYU fans <laughs> are a different breed. So I kind of kept expecting more. Okay, yeah. But what I have found from BYU fans is that they like you, they don't really say much. Mm. And if they don't like you, they make that really oh, known. Okay, yeah. And I guess at first I just felt like I was flying under the radar because nobody really knew me or mm-hmm. of me. And then I, I, I checked Cougar Nation like after a year that I had been here, and I was like, oh, they don't hate me. <laughs> so I never really had like a super intense, yeah. like fan interaction online okay. or anything. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's been pretty nice. Um, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised because I've had other papers where I get, like, legit hate mail. Yeah. Like, this man at another paper would write in red crayon on a newspaper to tell me what I missed or what I should have covered instead. And it looked like a murderer just, like, leaving a note, like, you're next. Or man, like, like that, that was in Arizona, or yeah, in like Havasu City. Oh my word! Okay, that was probably where I got the most <laughs> hate mail. And was it about sports, or what was it about? He would always get mad because, like, we're a small local right. community paper, but we would, like, Lake Havasu City is a small town of fifty thousand people. Yeah, and there's like no other town within like an mm. hour radius, and the nearest big towns are either Vegas, two and a half hours north, yep. or Phoenix, two and a half two and a half hours southeast. Mm. So we're kind of secluded, and it's a bunch of, like snowbirds and retirees that have just moved and like decided to retire there so they come from all over the place so my priority because i was like a one person sports department was first local sports will get in there and then state yeah and then national and then world sports gotcha and they would sometimes be like upset if i didn't include the ravens game or if i didn't include (laughs) i'm like we have two maybe three pages like (laughs) i don't understand So that's what, like, that man would get upset about uh, that. And then okay. I had, like, other issues sense. about other things. Yeah. Man, yeah, that's got to be so unique working at, a, at such a small town paper like that. You've had cool experiences then going from, like, a student paper, a small town, and now, like, a bigger bigger city. What are some of, like, the differences that you've noticed or, like, lessons you've learned kind of, like, at each step along the way? I don't know. Like, what's 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 like, been what's been different about each experience? It, when I first started in, in Nogales, it was really cool because my first day I got a call from the sheriff from the wow. county. yeah calling me to welcome me <laughs> i was like okay and like i'll never forget like that's when i realized these people actually read the paper because yeah. that day uh, one of the issues it was a twice weekly publication came out and it was like my introduction to the community and so that's why he was calling me to like mm. welcome me and i was like these people actually read the newspaper <laughs> but it's also one of those like weird experiences like i come from social economic yeah. backgrounds i come from minority backgrounds from border for sure living whatever and that was border life i don't know if you're familiar with no where nogales mm-hmm, is but yeah. it's just south of tucson and it's actually ambos nogales because there's a nogales right. arizona and a nogales sonora and they're like people don't have much internet access mm. they don't have like computers they actually do heavily rely still on the, the local paper, newspaper yeah. and that was interesting to see coming in like yeah. in 2015 and like even when i was in college like the paper's dying right and then you go and it's like, like no, wait. it's still super vital in yeah. these types of communities. That's cool. And it's just like mind boggling, but it also just makes you even more like, I don't know, like you really want to put in your best work. Totally. Because your community just totally depends on it. Yeah, definitely. And then Havasu is kind of weird, but. Kind of similar in a little a little bit, but uh, just, just a different audience, I'm sure. It, it was the first time where I actually felt like a minority. Oh, right, okay. Because it is 90% yeah. Caucasian, yeah, whereas true. I always lived on the border and yeah. it was like the opposite way. It was yeah. like 90% Hispanics. 
and I this was the first time I dealt with like daily racism mm. and also like daily sexism. I was yeah. the first female sports editor, and it was just kind yeah, of that's true. tough. Well. And that was the first time I really had to deal with having to juggle mm. like that type of adversity along with, with just work. my regular right. job. Yeah. Right. Wow. And then and once an another big shift coming to Utah, I'm sure. Well. I mean, so, then, so and similar, then I went to the star, similar, and so then okay. I, like, I felt a little more at home because I had gotcha. already gotten really familiar with Tucson when I was yeah. in Nogales because it's just like an hour away, and it's still a big Hispanic For population, sure. yeah. and it's like it feels like a city Bigger at least city, to me, right? Totally. Um, and you know, has like it was my first like college town experience mm -hmm. type of thing, so that was a lot nicer. Um, and then came yeah. here, and I think it's super interesting what you said too about like. Um, like the dependence on the newspaper because mm -hmm. then you come to Salt Lake especially with a unique experience with the Tribune in my opinion because they if I'm not mistaken you're getting rid of the paper or have gotten rid of the paper yeah correct? This and then at the start of this year we went from being a daily to a once a week yeah okay and then with their website having like a paywall and things like that mm -hmm. like it's just definitely like a very unique kind of type of journalism compared to what you've what you had before with like hey everybody reads a newspaper where you, yeah. you come here not everybody, no, nobody reads a newspaper and they don't really want to pay for the website. So how and do you find like, like kind of the middle ground? And there's different publications that are like right. we're all fighting for like That's readership. True. That's true. Because in Nogales, we're the only paper in the county. Yeah. Like Houston City, we're the only paper yeah, within they, an hour's yeah. distance. And then Arizona and Tucson, Arizona, um, of course, like the Phoenix paper would sometimes right. like cover some stuff. But for the most part, we did all our own stuff. Yeah. And we didn't have to like fight with anyone other right, than like right. the local TV stations yeah. or radio stations. So it's just like, yeah. it's been weird. This is a really unique market for sure. And then people just being upset that we have a paywall. It's like, yeah. how do you expect us to get paid? Like literally, yeah. Which I get it. The argument is like the Desert News is free yeah. or KSL is free. And it's like, well, they're different. <laughs> yeah, we're all different. And yeah. like, I'm sorry, but do you remember having to pay for a physical copy of right. paper? So right. you're doing the same thing. Yeah, totally. And advertisements like oh, you can get me on a whole rant but like <laughs> just support local journalism people yeah and I've, I've had this conversation with like some professors and coworkers and stuff about just how saturated like the BYU sports media market is there's so many people covering the Cougars so how have how what was that like coming in and trying to like establish establish yourself among in the saturated market and how have you kind of been able to like set yourself apart I guess as it's, a writer within that market it's kind of weird because I feel like the majority of the local BYU guys yeah they are local. Yeah, they grew totally. up here. A lot of them went to BYU. They have this sort of just like <laughs> deep rooted like connection. And yeah. Kind of, and just yeah. like, and they know these types of history points mm -hmm. that I am not familiar with right. at all. And they talk to these guys like, yeah, I remember watching you in high school and I remember this. And both, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know and anything. I'm kind of similar too because right I did my undergrad here, but that was my first interaction with mm -hmm. BYU was when I started college. So before that, as a kid, like I didn't have the, oh yeah, I remember coming to BYU games as a kid yeah. and like that kind of stuff. I didn't have that either. So kind of similar, but not quite but as extreme. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, I mean, I'm not of the faith. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm Catholic, but I feel like, I don't know if it's just like BYU mm -hmm. or the LDS community in Utah or what it is, but somehow like if they see you as just being like a religious person, mm. they kind of just assume that you're yeah. one of them. Yeah. So I think that's also part of like, I don't know. Like I don't talk about my really like I don't just like throw it right, out there. But if right. someone asks me about it, like I'll I'll explain or I'll talk about something, or if it's like a, a specific holiday or like mm. Ash Wednesday or something, and then that's when people are like, oh, we didn't realize you weren't LDS. I'm like, yeah. no. I mean, there I just live go. a good life. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> a good you. person. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So it, I mean, it's also just 
weird because if you notice, if you look around, like the local, and I'm talking about like print journalism, yeah. all the print guys. Yeah. I'm the only female reporter. Right. Yeah. And the press box, like, there might be a couple of female photographers. Right, right. Um, Andrea Urban with Fox 13, like, mm-hmm. she'll be, like, you know, a female broadcaster. And then there'll probably be some student interns that are female. Right, right. But when it comes to print journalism, the only female there. Yep. And then the majority of the guys, with the exception of, you know, Sean Walker, are all married. <laughs> shout, shout out, Sean Walker. <laughs> shout out, Sean. <laughs> the eternally single guy. <laughs> We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Someone go date Sean Walker. (laughs) Um, But they're all married. It's just like a different lifestyle. Like here, like married people stick to married people. Totally. totally. So it's been kind of hard to like infiltrate these like bubbles. Yeah, I I totally see that. And then like even though I've been in a long term committed relationship Mm -hmm. since I moved here. Yeah. I'm still technically like single. So it's kind of weird. Like it's not. Like in Tucson, after high school games, yeah. didn't matter who was married or who was not. Like we'd all go get beers after yeah, the game. Right, right. That's not something we do here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so true. you can't like build those relationships that way. Yeah. So I feel like it took much longer for me mm. to be able to to build those types of friendships with all the other guys. Definitely. And I mean, they're all great, but it just it just takes time. It takes longer than other places. No, definitely. Um, and I'm curious too, just like in in covering BYU sports. What are some of like the most memorable games that you've been to or most memorable moments? And it could be off the field too, whether it's a, a cool story you were able to break or something mm-hmm. like that. What have been some of like your best memories, I guess, from your time covering the Cougars? I feel one of them has to be that USC game in 2019. Cause okay. that was my yeah. first game. Wow. I literally started work the day before That's and I had crazy. just moved a few days before. Um, and then like going into it, I was, like the little <laughs> bit that I knew about BYU and like just hearing the buzz of what yeah. everyone thought, I was just like, okay, I I don't think BYU is going to win this game. And then they do an overtime. Yeah. And then for it to be on a on a blocked um, field oh goal by God, Kairos seriously. Tonga, like yeah. everyone storming the field. Like it was yeah. just insane. I was like, oh my God, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> and then, well, they didn't have like the greatest of seasons. It was just like, an okay season. Right. So it's like, okay, okay, this is more of what like I was prepared for. Because I don't know if I could have handled like a historic season right, right, right off, off the, the bat yeah. going into it like in the middle of the season. For sure. Um, so I'm kind of glad like the 2019 season yeah. happened the way it did kind of you could get situated bit, yeah. like get to know people first but then obviously the pandemic just like ruined everything <laughs> um and then uh, like last season was pretty fun too yeah. the gonzaga game for men's basketball oh yeah holy cow <laughs> that like that would, that especially would be because my seat is like right on the sidelines yeah. so like everyone's storming i was just like stuck there and just like the atmosphere that you could feel like because in football, you're in the press box and you're, right. like, separated. Very, yeah, for sure. So it's just it was, like, a different type of energy that you could feel. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, like, because my, my brother asked me, what do you prefer covering BYU football games or BYU basketball games? I was like, well, they're both really fun. But, like, I ended up saying BYU basketball because there's just, like, something about being, like, a little bit closer and, like, the arena, like, in the mm-hmm. Marriott Center, you just feel like there's, like, so much more energy and it's there. it's, like, a lot smaller team, so yeah. you feel like you can really build, totally. like, stronger relationships. I agree. So, like... Alex Barcelo, I feel like yeah. I've had a pretty good relationship with him from the start because when they had media day in 2019, shortly after I started, I saw him and mm-hmm. I was like, I know you. <laughs> He's like, do you? <laughs> and I was like, you were at Arizona wow, and I was yeah. at the star and like I helped with coverage or That's whatever. Crazy. So like I saw you and like I went to a handful of games. So I was like, yes, I like I saw you like I know who you Dang. are. And we thought it was just so funny that like we both moved and like. Yeah both starting the season like having come from tucson and just like i don't know it was pretty fun so i think because like i already 
knew what he had done in Arizona and had yeah. watched him, even yeah. though he didn't play much. We already had like an instant type of connection. For sure. And that helped to get better stories out of him. That's cool. And get like deeper features, especially because he became such a high profile player totally, from the start. Totally, yeah. So people were eager to know like, who is this kid? Yeah. Wow, that's such a cool connection. And I'm like, I'm glad you were able to have something because like <laughs> other than that, man, just like completely foreign yeah. coming in and not knowing anything. It's so funny what you mentioned too about like all the guys like, oh yeah, like back, I remember you in high school and like back, mm -hmm. like there's always so many of those moments and I've, I've kind of felt a similar way. Like, how do you guys know all this stuff? Like it's just, it's like inherent, it's like in their blood. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, just like bleed blue. Like, yeah, And I'm not the just... type of person to like be watching games all day, every day right, and like remember right. ridiculous stats from five For years sure. ago or whatever which I feel like that's the majority of sports yeah. reporters that I've dealt with. I'm like, I'm not like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm the, I'm the same way. Like, and we can go into this more, like what kind of attracts you to like sports journalism or and I know you're leaving it, but what attracted yeah. you in the first place? But like, I'm definitely more the type like interested in like the people and the stories yeah. and like, get like making sure like everyone's voices are heard and things like that, which I'm sure is kind of similar to your approach. Yeah. As so, well. I mean, I never sought out to just be in sports. Yeah. Um, in, in college, I mean, like like I said, I started with like news and like mm -hmm. political stuff. For sure. I didn't do any other reporting. And my dad's <laughs> magazine was very editorialized. Like yeah. it was very heavily opinionated, but like that's- but You were still in the moment. I got to like this, translate yeah. them and just see sort of how stories were built. Totally. And then high school, I did a bunch of news, but I did start doing a lot of sports mm. because for some reason, the coaches could get very like particular about being like, we don't like working with students. Oh. But for some reason, they really liked me. Wow. And some of the coaches remembered my oldest sister, okay, who did soccer and track and cross country there. Cool. So I already had that connection. Yeah. And then my older sister was three years older. She was heavily involved in yearbook too, okay. so they kind of remembered her. And then me and my twin sister were involved in everything. Yeah. We were student council. Like we did the morning mm. announcements. We did the we organized pep rallies. That's we awesome. did the homecoming like halftime show. Yeah. Like we were involved with everything that. I think that helped and being For like, sure. oh no, you're one of the good ones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're not one of the punks. Yeah. Um, and then in college, I did everything. I started as a sports photographer and then I became the Spanish editor, Dang. became the arts and life editor, the sports editor, and then co-editor in chief. There you go. So when I started Nogales, I was actually sports and community reporter. Okay. And then somehow it's just funneled <laughs> into like sports and right. now being one of the very few female print journalists as a sports beat writer covering yeah. a college football team totally so, such a unique position and i think it's cool like what you said about having that connection with the coaches like even in high school i think just from what i've been able to see you've been able to like continue that throughout your career like mm -hmm. i've noticed like you have a great connection with both kalani and with mark pope like i, th I think it's so cool that you're, like whatever I it is funny whatever because like, like, i feel like with him i haven't really like connected personally so i was really surprised Whoa. when on monday he was like yeah, yeah come find me and give me a hug no I'm like, totally you like there's definitely like i don't know what it is but like there's definitely like a feeling like you've Hope been able definitely to, surprised me though how yeah. i'm like why do you love me so much <laughs> like what did i do yeah well i'm, I'm glad i'm glad because yeah. like i understand like being like in your unique position as like the only female like i'm sure it can get you know lonely or isolating mm -hmm. whatever and so i'm glad that there's been some effort hopefully whether it be through coaches or players or other journalists yeah. to help re reach out and kind of make you feel a little bit more welcome hopefully <laughs> <laughs> i totally asked alex uh during media day mm -hmm. what was it last week two weeks ago um he was talking about his wedding or whatever i was like oh when's it gonna be and he's like oh we don't have an exact date yet yeah. so i was like where he's like we're thinking california i don't know if i'm <laughs> supposed to be sharing this info but i'm just saying it um and i was like oh yeah am i gonna get invited and he's like yeah totally and That's he so said it in cool. a way where he'd be like 
I, I got the sense that he'd be totally okay if I crashed his wedding. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna need those details because like, why yeah. not? This sounds like it'd California, be a fun wedding. California from Tucson. I could probably make that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, totally. Cool. <laughs> Dang, okay, very cool. So then now looking ahead to your future, like what, I mean, what kind of went into this, the career change, I guess? So like I've always knew like I wouldn't, mm have a like long full career in journalism yeah. just because i was i don't know i part of it is because i am like a child of immigrant yeah. who grew up like always being told she wasn't good enough mm-hmm. like i will i am also from an abusive home yeah where i suffered a lot of like emotional and verbal abuse along with some physical abuse but not as much as my older sisters gotcha. and one of the biggest things that i was always told was like i'm not good enough mm. and then if you look at journalism i don't know but it's all about like connections in a way. Totally. And I didn't go to a big school. I didn't go to any school with like real connections. I've had to like fight my ho- my yeah. whole way just yeah. to like get to where I am. Um, so I don't know if it's like the little Mexican kid and me from the border <laughs> that's just like I never saw myself. Yeah. Like actually making it big, because people like when I was graduating high school they're gonna be like, oh, you want to work for the New York Times? I'm like, no, I just literally just want to work for a paper. Yeah, like, like for me, I was like, oh, ESPN, right? I'm like, no, no, I'm like, no, really. yeah. And then they bring up ESPN. I'm like, <laughs> as long as I'm able to like do my work, like yeah. that's all I want. Yeah. Like I didn't have ridiculously lofty mm. dreams, and I don't know if that's just because of my background or yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. But so I always kind of knew like journalism wasn't the end point. Gotcha. It was just something like I just really wanted to accomplish it. Totally, yeah. And now I have, yeah. um, and then the pandemic has just been brutally hard. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know how people do it, but I I was doing two breaking news shifts a week wow. for like a six month period, and then I, along with my coworker Alex Behar, mm-hmm. we were doing the Hispanic coronavirus coverage mm, for the state. Wow, yeah. And that was like really frustrating to me. So Alex and I have like very different backgrounds, even yeah. though we're both one of the few Hispanic reporters at the paper, and. I would talk to, I was like, look at this, like, one of the big issues was the state didn't have translations ready early. Yeah. Like, my parents, to this day, my mother does not speak English. Yeah. She doesn't, she focuses on Facebook translating things for her <laughs> to be able to understand what, like, I post. Yeah, totally. Um, and then it affected a lot of the essential workers and, like, restaurant workers. Both of my parents worked in the restaurant industry. It affected s- local small businesses. Yeah. My mom ended up opening a cake shop, which mm. I worked at for a decade, like, that would have affected us yeah um just like all these things of different ways like it affected this community in the state and they were just like overlooked and it angered me because like if this would have happened when i was a child yeah we for sure would have all gotten in our household because at one point it was six of us in a two bed one bath apartment yep and it's like two bunk beds for <laughs> us four girls in one room and just yeah. like it was really frustrating to see and like i do not know how news reporters do it or like breaking news reporters like having to cover the avalanche aftermath, having to cover the protests. I've like done all the stuff, having like the aftermath of those, I don't know if you remember those two little girls that died in the Slot Canyons last yeah. year after a flash flood. Yeah. And I like, I'm a very empathetic person and I feel it all so deeply. Totally. Yep, and I, I just that. like, I couldn't anymore. And then I was living in a bedroom from an LDS family's mm-hmm. home, but it was underground so I didn't get like a lot of sunlight yeah. and I didn't have like a view yeah. and I just had the bedroom and it just like all took a toll. And then I got COVID last year, almost exactly a year ago now. And I'm still dealing with long COVID stuff. I have yeah. tachycardia. Like yesterday, 
like I said, like I went to sleep super early because my heart was actually like racing and it fatigued me. Gotcha. Um, I still do with fatigue. I get brain fog. I get these like tingles in my brain. I just so much that yeah. I'm still dealing with, and I'm coming to the re- or I came to the realization that this profession just isn't healthy for me anymore. Yeah. So like I want to put my health first, and also I want to be be able to live a life. Like I for have sure. found my partner. We want to get married sometime in like the nearish future. But I don't want to be working every single day <laughs> right, or like working yeah. every single holiday, particularly if I'm going to keep living far away from my family. I want to be able to go home for the holidays and yeah. not have to worry about a bowl game. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I, that good for you. Yeah, that, really, I respect that a lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think um, I yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you've been able, been able to prioritize your health uh, and kind of get mm-hmm. to, to that realization. But you'll be greatly missed, obviously, uh, an yeah. integral part of coverage of the, of the, the BOE teams. Uh, I knew, I want to give a shout out to your, your new tattoo you just got today as well. Um, do you want to explain the kind of the significance behind that real quick? Yeah, so it's pound signed 30. So for the new kids, hashtag 30. <laughs> I, I, I was unaware with what this even meant being in journalism. So, yeah. um, so back in the day when you like would have to like actually write your stories or even print them out, typewrite, whatever it was, but where you actually had to turn in a physical copy of your story, um, there was different copy editing like symbols that we use as lingo and one of them you put at the bottom of the pages was to say like there's another page coming and then the pound sign 30 is what you put at the end of the mm. story to be like end of story so <laughs> they know that there wasn't like another page or that something had gone missing Fiend. so then <laughs> i got this just to sort of represent like it's the end of my journalism story that's so cool thing i love that so now that you are kind of you know finishing done you know what what are kind of the, some of the emotions that you're feeling, like looking looking back on on this in the decade? <laughs> when I posted like my big announcement last yeah. Friday, I bawled like completely bawled <laughs> to the point where like, just, like my, I felt as my soon head, as you head sent was gonna it, s- like, uh, yes, yeah. like I felt like my head was gonna split just because like I got so congested, like I was like blowing my nose so much, yeah. like I was like, and I was like, I don't know why I did this because I still had to finish writing the story, <laughs> and all of a sudden I couldn't work, but it just hit me like because this was, has been such a large part of my life. It's been twenty yeah. years yeah. technically since I started. And it's also something that started because of my dad and he's been uh he passed away 13 years ago and so it's kind of like adds to that and it's just it's such a huge life change from what i've known as an (laughs) adult so i don't know what i'm gonna do with weekends (laughs) off i don't know what i'm gonna do with nights off like but I'm, gonna have I'm to, sure it'll be nice to have them. That's I'm going to have to actually get like a sleep schedule and go to sleep <laughs> early so I can wake up early. Because like, you can't justify be, being up writing <laughs> stories until the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I'm not going to be working until 2 a.m. anymore. <laughs> so it's going to be weird, I think, yeah. but hopefully good. I mean, I'm moving in with my boyfriend, so we're like, gotcha. we're kind of... <laughs> It's, 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 <laughs> it's two big life events in my life because yeah. I've never lived yeah, with, true. with uh, like a partner or anything, and I'm moving in with him and his parents. So like, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's huge, but <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. Cool. And what's what do you think is kind of going to be the the lasting memory of Utah and BYU for you as you kind of move along? Oh God, I don't know. I just the quirkiness that makes BYU. <laughs> I'll take that. It's yeah. just, it's yeah. such a unique place yeah. and I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to dog on it. Like, I feel like the reason why BYU fans can be so critical mm-hmm. of national, like, reporters, mm-hmm. national coverage or outsiders is because they come in here and they're just like, oh my God, like, write the story. It's like, oh my God, there's all these, like, players that are married and yeah, there's all this yeah. and, and they're like, all old and, and no <laughs> coffee and all this. And, yeah. and I'm grateful that I, like, 
have had people to explain to me what the LDS faith yeah. means and what it is and had an ex-housemate take me to a fireside because gotcha. like, I want to learn, I want to be able to do yeah. justice to BYU because I don't want to be like, hey, here's this funny <laughs> thing that happened, but right. it's actually super normal for BYU Yeah, culture. with no context, right, yeah. exactly. So like, I didn't want to be one of those. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel proud of myself because I feel like I did a good job in that sense. Like, oh, I didn't yeah. come in here and just be like, what the heck are these students <laughs> yeah, doing? Yeah. I silently judge them in my head, but like, I don't yeah. write about <laughs> it. You did your due, so, due diligence. No, yeah, and I, think I tried. You, I think you did a fantastic I job. I watched a couple general conferences. Oh, wow. Like, there you go. Yeah. You're yeah. Fully I, was, I also <laughs> had the Oni TV in that house that I like rented a room in. Okay. And so my like I'd invite my housemate to come watch because I knew she was LDS. Gotcha, gotcha. And then sometimes the family that like I rented with, like they would come down and watch it, mm -hmm. or they'd invite me to like the big family activity room that they had, <laughs> and they would like project it on the wall. With good food, hopefully, maybe, maybe not so much. Decent food. What's your last What's your lasting impression of Utah food, or Utah sucks. County food? Oh come on! Not, not even like there's, one there's one good. silver lining. There's some, there's some good spots, but overall though, it's just. I don't know. I mean, I can attest, obviously, coming from South Texas as well. You, you I haven't found, like, a good Mexican food. You miss place. the Mexican food, obviously. Yeah. There just isn't. I do appreciate, like, this is the first time I, I like, heavily ate Hawaiian food. Okay, yeah. I do like that. Um, I do like that you can find, like, little, like, spots of like different, random, like, ethnic foods. Yeah, for sure. But overall, I still feel like, at least here in Utah County, it's heavily, like, chain restaurants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I hate that everything closes early or oh, is like closed on Sundays and yeah. just like, oh no. It's getting a little bit better, but yeah. I think you're yeah. Right. yeah. But I mean, yesterday I had JCW's cause I was like, I need to have that nice. one last time. Yeah. Uh, today when I leave, I'll probably have J-Dogs. Oh. So I'm like, I need to have J-Dogs one last it. time. And then I'm trying to figure out like what else I need to have. <laughs> so Monday night, like before I leave on Tuesday, I found this Hawaiian place that also offers like vegetarian and vegan options because nice. my roommate in Harriman, she's vegetarian. Gotcha. Um, and it looks really good. So I'm like, yeah, there let's try, ho like, let's have this Hawaiian place one last time. Because once I move to Tucson, there's not really going to be right, Hawaiian. Right, right. No, it's a really good point. Well, if you have any uh, other suggestions for yeah. Norma before she leaves, please. I'm, I, I still on. have <laughs> time for like tomorrow and maybe Saturday <laughs> after the game. Yeah. yeah. So her last game will be the game against Idaho State on mm -hmm. Saturday. Uh, make sure you send her uh, all the love over Twitter, social media, on her stories as well. Make sure you keep checking those out, and we wish you luck, Norma. Oh, thank you. you. And for anyone, I'm just going to plug myself yeah, in here, do. but um, the BYU SL Trip, SL Trip BYU Twitter account, I inherited from the Trib. Gotcha. So I will not be keeping that. So okay. if anyone wants to keep up with me on Twitter, follow me on my personal account, which is Norma Catalina 12. There you go. You heard like it all first. my social media is Norma Catalina 12. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, make sure you're following that. Well, yeah, be sure to follow your journey uh, going forward, and hopefully we can get pictures from Alex Barcelo's wedding when that happens, too. <laughs> right? That would be great. <laughs> I need to send him, like, some type of message, like, slid into his DMs, but, like, I just want to go to your wedding. I don't, like, <laughs> that's awesome. I don't care for anything else. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's it for today, guys. We'll catch you next time. Thanks.